here this morning. It's real good to be here. We're going to be in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing now. It shall spring forth, shall you not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are honored to be in your house this morning. We thank you for your presence. God, we just ask, Lord, that you would just go with us for the furtherance of this service. God, that you would just anoint me, that you would anoint my lips, that I would only speak what you would have me to speak, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. These writings, they come to Israel in a very bleak time in in their history. You see, they're slaves again, and not, no longer are they with Egypt, but now they're in the Babylonian. And so they've been taken captivity, and so here they are, and, and as God is talking to them, He's saying, remember not the former things, says the Lord. And so He's saying, don't remember all those things that happened prior to this. You know, because I would say they were like, man, Remember this, remember that, and all the great things that had happened and how that God had used them. But um, he says, neither consider the things of old. God says, forget those things of the past. And so how many times do we look at past victories and we think that's just going to carry us on through, through life and through the things that happen? A lot of times we're guilty of that. Oh yeah, I remember this and I remember that. Whenever God is doing a new thing now. And so, what about our past? What about our failures that so many times that we, we fall into sin and we come up short, right? We all fall short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. And we all have a past, but how many times do we let our past dictate our future? How many times do we let our past hold us back? And we keep it from letting us go forward. And that, don't you know that's exactly what the enemy wants you to do? He wants to say this morning, he's like, don't you praise the Lord. I know what you were doing. I know what you were doing this past week. But let me tell you, he's worthy no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the things that's going on. He's still worthy of all worship. He's still worthy of all praise. Go ahead and sit there and act religious if you want to. I don't care. I'm telling you, he's worthy of all of our worship, all of our praise. And so, brethren, I count not myself to be apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to the things which are before, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. We keep pressing, we keep pushing, and we keep looking forward. And so you might wonder, what are you doing with this casket here? I'm telling you, there's things that we need to bury and we need to let go of. That's what we need to do. Because we've been carrying it too long. It's time to take it to the graveyard and say, we're done with you. What about your past hurts? What about past unforgiveness? Don't you get tired of carrying that around? Doesn't it get heavy? 
You can bring it to the Lord. Cast all your cares upon Him for He careth for you. All you got to do is cast it on Him. You don't have to carry it. He is our burden bearer. He's the one that makes a way. We can just cast it on Him and He makes a way for us every single time. So burying our things. What about... Look at 1 Samuel chapter 4, how that the children of Israel, how that here the, they, were, they were beaten in battle by the Philistines because they thought they were getting beaten. Then they thought, well, we're going to go to Shiloh and we're going to get the Ark of the Covenant because every time that we went and got it, we were, we were victorious. But what they forgot is that they didn't have the presence of God with them. It was symbolic to the presence of God, but it wasn't with them. How many times do we come into church, sometimes we get up and sing, and the presence of God isn't with us because we haven't been in our prayer closet long enough. We haven't been in the Word all week. We haven't been worshiping like we should. Amen. And so, so how many times are we just like the children of Israel? We look back at the things that, oh yeah, what this, and how that He brought through. And yes, we should remember those things, that the great things He's done, and thank Him for that. But it becomes a problem when we focus on that and that alone, when we're not looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When we're looking back at our past, we need to be looking forward, and we need to be moving forward. So, Jesus buried my past. How many of y'all have a past that Jesus buried? as far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed the transgressions from us so see you the former things have got to go we've got to bury those past hurts those past failures casting those things down God says forget the former things today we start new today we start fresh burying those things my dad used to call it burying the hatchet Amen. So, the children of Israel had failed God miserably. Every time that God blessed them with good things, they returned to Him evil. God gave them a temple, and what did they do? They done idol worship. God gave them the law, and then they just thought it was a suggestion. So how many times has God done that for them, and yet they keep fell and God gave them wealth and they abused it. God gave them Himself and they gave Him nothing but rejection. And so, but look, what did God say? Forget the former things, don't dwell in the past and nothing can change what happened but God, with His mercy, He was not condemning. Jesus said, I've not come to condemn you. How many, we talked about that Wednesday night. There is therefore there are no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. If you're feeling condemned this morning, then that's not of God. Now, you might be feeling convicted. Now, that is of God. But, so, so we see that God had His outstretched arm saying, forget those former things, because I'm going to make all things new. <laughs> and so, Isaiah 55, 7 says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. God will abundantly pardon us. We'll come to him. So I'm saying that God's doing a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? God said, I'm making a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. <laughs> 
The children of Israel had a choice to make. They could focus on the past or they could move forward. Isaiah 42 and 9 says, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Isaiah, he's saying, I tell you of them. Let me just tell you that in these writings here that it was like 150 years. And we're going to go to Isaiah 40, 45 here in a minute. But And Cyrus was, the, was, um, was a Persian emperor. And so he was a Persian prince. And this was the writings was like 150 to 200 years prior to this. And God named Cyrus. And then whenever you start researching that, they're like, oh, that, that must have been added in there. Because people can't believe that God would know Cyrus 150 years before that. How many of y'all believe that God would know your name 150 years before now? Do you believe that? I do. And so, Isaiah is prophesying to the nation that behold, God is going to do a new thing. And then we see um, in chapter 42 and 18, it says, Hear ye... Death, hear you death, and look, you blind, that you may see. What did Jesus say? He who hath ears, let him hear. What's the problem? Is that right here, Isaiah's telling them, hey, God's going to do a new thing. And He did do a new thing, because He sent Jesus, right? For them, but yet Jesus was right there in front of the Pharisees. He was right in front of all the children of Israel, but they were too blind to see it. And they were too deaf to hear it. Who hath ears, let him hear. So we see that God was speaking, but they wasn't listening. And so, Isaiah 53, 2 and 3 says, For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, and he hath no form of comeliness. And when he shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from Him, and He was despised, and we esteemed Him not. We see that Christ was right there. In John 1, 11, it says, He came into His own, and His own received Him not. He came right before them, but they wouldn't receive Him. And so, but as many as received Him, gave them power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. And so there they were there. How many times y'all know that we miss it because we're not looking to Jesus? We're looking at everything else going on, but we're not looking to God. And so God was doing a new thing, and yet they missed it. You're like, Lee, where are you going? Okay, I'm going there right now. And so, I'm telling you that God is doing a new thing. And so, what are you talking about? Well, I'm telling you for probably the past three or four years... You probably heard me say, I feel like we're right on the threshold. I feel like God has got something really special for that. How many of y'all have heard me say that? Or have felt that like, yeah, God's getting ready to do something. Right? Well, I'm telling you, I think we've stepped through the threshold. <laughs> I think that we're in it. Because let me tell you why. Because just in two weeks, we've had seven people get saved. How awesome is that? Is that not what it's about? Is it not about the kingdom? Is it not about us bringing the kingdom here and the kingdom taking over this world? 
If you don't think Satan has a kingdom, let me tell you, you're wrong. We're to the church. We're to be the kingdom of God. And we're to begin, start to advance it and take in our territory and take authority over the enemy. I'm telling you, God is doing a new thing. And I want to be there. And I want to be a part of it. I want to be there. Amen. And so, so I'm telling you, He's doing a new, a new thing. Well, Isaiah, Isaiah 45, it says, Thus saith the Lord to His anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before Him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before Him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of the secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. So here we see that thus saith the Lord to the anointed Cyrus. Cyrus was not one of God's children. He was, he was like... He was like a Gentile. He was outside. But God is saying, look, I'm going to anoint you to use you. That ought to make every child of God rejoice because we are children of God and we've been anointed by God and we ought to rejoice that even though God's going to use this, this pagan king here, you don't think He can't use you and where you're at in your life and do the things in you? Don't you let the enemy sell you that lie. The devil is a liar. He can use you. And so we see here that he says, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden. See, he knew him. Right? Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you. I ordained thee to be a prophet. Aren't you glad that God knows your name? That he knew your name? And so Cyrus, 150, 200 years prior to this, Isaiah names him. And this is who's going to lead you out. And in Daniel chapter 5, it happens. And so we see how that, and Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee and ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. God had a purpose for Cyrus and He has a purpose for you and for me. He said, Whose right hand I have holden. He's saying, I've got you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, I will uphold thee with thy right hand of righteousness. I've got you. So, just like Cyrus has anointed for a purpose, and we're anointed for a purpose, are you fulfilling your purpose? Are you fulfilling what God has called you to do? So God has His right hand. You know, and so that right hand, think about that. What do you say? He goes, I have, go right back here, it says, whose right hand I have holden. 
So thus saith the Lord to the anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden. Man, I'm so glad God's got my hand. I'm glad that it's not dependent upon me holding on to God's hand because in my human flesh, I would let that slip out. But because God's got me, I'm so thankful for that. What about when He led the blind man out? It was Jesus that took the blind man's hand out of there, Bethsaida. You know why He had to take him out? Because of their unbelief and because of how they were. Sometimes you've got to separate yourself from unbelief and you just got to get away from people that ain't got no faith because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so... But we see that He took Him by the hand. I'm so thankful that He's taken me by the hand and He's led me through places. He's led me through things that I never thought I'd have to go through. But I'm telling you, He has been faithful. He has been that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's gone with me all the way, even to the end. And so, He says, I have holden to subdue nations before Him. Subdue. Radad means to overlay. So to subdue. To subdue nations before him. Taking the enemies out. Going before him. How many of y'all know that, that as we were coming in here, how many of y'all know that this was hard for us to get in here because there was obstacles that we had to face in the fire codes and the fire marshal and all those things don't you think that that was stressful trying to get through all those things and how hard that was those are resistance you don't think the enemy doesn't do those things you don't think that witchcraft can't be at play you don't think that that with witchcraft how that things try to control amen because I'll tell you how witchcraft works in the home. You let that little child, it's okay to go to the store, right? They'll go to the store, but then when it comes time to go to church, they'll be screaming. And then, then you get manipulated. Manipulation is witchcraft. Whenever you're trying to control somebody by your action, by your feeling, that's witchcraft. And so... What about in the home? If you don't do what I say. <laughs> yeah. But men, a lot of times, it's intimidation, which is witchcraft. It's trying to control. Anything you're trying to control, whether your emotions, all these things, if, it's not, if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, then you need to be really careful. So... But subduing the enemies. And so I'm saying when we go back across the road, when God is going to make provisions, He's going to make ways. He's going to provide finances. Yeah, we're going to have to work because you got to work because you got to earn it by the sweat of your brow. But He's going to make ways. He's going to subdue the enemies. He's going to subdue the obstacles that may come ahead of us. How many of y'all believe those things? I believe that He'll make a way. I believe He'll provide. I believe He provided for us to pay for this building. And so, Matthew 16 and 18 says, And I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. All the tactics, all the things that the enemy tries to do, he is saying, 
the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because why because and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven we've been given the keys to the kingdom And so, I will loose the loins of the kings. To gird up your loins is to be ready, right? To be ready to go. So, loosen them would be that they're not ready. That means there's a weakness there in the enemy. And so, I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. He goes before us, making the path straight to remove all obstacles. And it's actually to level mountains. It's to level mountains and to just go before us. And, and I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. No longer being bound. The bars of iron being broken. John 8, 36 says, 36 says, If the Son shall therefore make you free, you shall be free indeed. Not being bound up. Not being chained down. By the enemy. Because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He doesn't want you to feel freedom. He doesn't want you to feel free. He wants to keep you bound and keep you down. He wants to keep you under his foot. And that's when you need to rise up and say, Get thee behind me. I'm not listening to your lies. I'm moving forward for God. And so, And I will give thee treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret. Those, at, back in those times, they would hide treasures underneath the kingdoms. And underneath their palaces. And that's what God... And God, He did. He led them out. And He brought the children of Israel. He led them out through Cyrus. Cyrus brought them out of Babylon. In, in Ezra. It's in Ezra chapter 1. And so, He brought them out. And He was saying, I'm going to do this. He prophesied through Isaiah to tell them, this is what's going to happen. And so... Given them treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. I've been given a treasure in this earthen vessel <laughs> that I'm not worthy to carry. <laughs> but I thank God for it. <laughs> and he says, And I will to open before him the two levied gates and the gates shall not shut. That means double doors. That's what that means. It means I'm opening double doors because one door just can't handle it. <laughs> so I'm needing to open double doors, making a way. And so God is preparing a way before us. He is preparing a way for our church. And I'm so thankful for that. He is making a way. And the thing about it is, is that do we want to bury those things so that we can move forward? Bury all those, those hurts, those things that, you know, I was so, um, I'm just going to be real right now. Um, you know, I was so impressed last Sunday night. And if you were here, how many of y'all were here and got a blessing? How many of y'all, wasn't that awesome? 
we had, was it two or three get saved in here? And so, and just to see people going to each other and saying, I love you. If I've done anything, forgive me. That's starting new. <laughs> that's putting the past behind you. And that's saying, I love you. And we're going to move forward because you're my brother and sister in Christ. <laughs> and that's what it's about. We're all in this together. We're on the same team. We're, we're all fighting. Our enemy is Satan. It's not your brothers and sisters in here. We ought to pray for one another, lift each other up, and, ex and edify one another. And we do a good job at it, but we can always do better. And so, I'm excited about what God's doing. I'm so excited about what He's doing. You know, I met with, we talked Sunday night, and I met with an architect, and he's like, yeah, this is, you get, you, this is perfect. And show up tonight, and I'll tell you more about it. And, um, but all the things that God's doing, He's already prepared the way. <laughs> the things that hindered us years ago are no longer hindering us. Because it's the same architect. And he was like, you didn't have this, and you didn't have this. We can make all this work now. <laughs> and so the thing about it is, is getting on board for something new. Well, what about, what about if you're here and you don't know Christ as your Savior? Let me tell you, we are all going by the way of this casket one day. You know, one day your family, my family, I, I can tell you I stood right here. I stood up here with a casket that looked a lot like this. Stood for six, seven hours, I don't know. Thousands and thousands of people come through here. But you know, I didn't stand here with no hope. I stood here with that blessed hope that I knew that I'd see my dad again. I wonder... I just wonder, can your loved ones, will they be able to stand right here and say, I know I'll see my, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my kids, my grandchildren, I know I'll see them again. Will they be able to stand there and say, I'll see you on the other side. This is just so long for right now. In Deuteronomy 13 and 19, it says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you may live and that your seed may live. That's what I'm telling you this morning. I'm setting before you right now life and death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life eternal. If you leave here not knowing Christ as your Savior, you will die and go to an eternal hell. And I don't want that. I don't want anyone to leave here not knowing Christ as their Savior. Jesus said that He come that you might have life 
and have it more abundantly. He said that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except by him. There's no other way to access God other than Jesus Christ. It's through him. And if they'll come with an invitational song. If you... Uh, um, I'm going... I've got to preach a friend's funeral today. They're in between churches. And just like in Deuteronomy, when I just told you, set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. My friend was, is, he's, he, we're the same age, we're the exact same age. And he, he had a good heart. He had a really good heart. And we all grew up here in church together. Um, in the youth group, we, he went to the farm with us, did a lot of stuff together. And, but he chose a different path. And that path ended up leading him down destruction. And his parents, they're, they're not trying to hide it, which I'm thankful for that. Because people need to know that your choices have consequences. And, and that you will suffer the consequences of your choices. It's not that God, He loves you and He forgives you, but you still have consequences. And, and because of His choices, it led him to an early death. And his mom is, the sad part is, is all of her good memories is when we were kids. And here we are, we're 42. And I think about that. What are your choices? What are they doing to your family members? What is the consequences of your choices on your family members? I'm telling you, I had a God-fearing father and a mom, and I've been blessed because of the choices that my parents made. And do you know that, that you can make those same choices to serve the Lord? Joshua did not look at his wife and say, Honey, is it all right if we, for me and my house we serve the Lord? No. He said, As for me and my house... Will serve the Lord. You shouldn't have to consult with your spouse. Say, honey, is it okay if I, if we get dedicated here and we start serving? No. That's a personal choice. That's between you and the Lord. That's truth. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. It wasn't a conversation. It's a choice. And so this morning. If you're here and God's dealing with you, if you know beyond shadow of a doubt, if you left this place, that you would not spend eternity with Jesus Christ. Then this altar's for you. If you're here and you've strayed away, you know that you're not where you're supposed to be with Christ. You're a child of God, but you've, you've let the world come in and you've let those choices, you've made bad choices but God, he's calling. He's saying, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You want rest? Are you tired of all that in your head? Are you tired of the enemy? All Christ, he has rest. Take my yoke upon you.
burden is light. Preach here.